The following is a Klabes Online production. Welcome to Pro Wrestling Talk STL. Oh my God, wait a minute, it's Paul Bear! It's Paul Bear! And that, that's gotta be, that's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane! Joe Roderick and John Marisek bring you the latest from WWE, AEW, the Indies, and more every week. There's absolutely no way Evan Ford's going for airborne, ladies and gentlemen! You gotta be kidding me! Oh, did he do it? Did he get it? Oh my god! He caught him in an RKO in midair! An RKO in midair! <laughs> Amazing! Right here on 590 The Fan, KFNS, and 590TheFan.com. Now, here's Joe and John. And welcome back to Pro Wrestling Talk STL here on 590 The Fan, KFNS, and 590TheFan.com. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by John Marisek. Back with you after a two-week vacation. And John, during that time, a, a whole lot of wrestling to get to and a whole lot to preview coming up this weekend. Yeah, we got, well... Coming off of Forbidden Door, and which just ended, and uh, we have uh, Money in the Bank this weekend. It's it's nonstop. It's actually, it's been nonstop since Mania. It's like every other week we've got either a PLE or a pay per view or some big dynamite. Something is going on. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, it, it's it's not going to stop anytime soon, too. Because I mean, as soon as we're done talking about everything this weekend i mean it's it's SummerSlam right around the corner and then uh for wwe and then for aew john it's it's all out coming your way uh later all in and all out coming yeah, a uh, big like th- what two weeks three weeks right Oof. you want to talk about daunting two of the their two biggest shows the biggest one ever and then their version of wrestlemania all in a couple of weeks coming off of this off of forbidden door which was its own beast putting together so no, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan and, and we uh john i think you and i we might be heading up to uh to all out and to starcast that that weekend we we have we know people and i think we can head up there and, and do stuff yeah that's what i want i i've i have only been to a dynamite i want to go to all out i want to go and see a pay-per-view in chicago for aew mm-hmm. yeah it's, I mean, it's their 20th show in Chicago this year. That's it? Are you sure? I think. I think. God, if there's ever a, like, this one's there every year, so everyone plans on this one, but we don't really need to go there. It's it's like when Vince would run the garden once a month for a house show, mm-hmm. but putting them on all on TV for yeah. everybody nationally, not just locally. Yeah. It's so a little, we will... It's a little much. Yeah, on the area. Like eventually, they're going to run out of money. Wheel wheels are in motion. I have no idea what we're actually going to do. I mean, as of as of this recording, John, absolutely nothing has been planned for Starcast except the dates. That has been it. Have dates? That's it. I don't even know the venue because is it all out this year at the United Center? Uh, that I don't know off the top of my head. I would imagine it would be. I don't know why it wouldn't would be at Wintrust. This is a major their major event. Like they'll sell. If they're if this, they they will sell out the United Center for for all out 
because that's their that's their crown jewel every year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here. All the stops. Uh, hotel. Okay, so we are recording this on Thursday. Um, I believe. Oh no, wait. I, I'm I'm looking here. I'm looking. All the information should be out today. It should. It is uh, at United Center. The, no, I knew that. I'm talking yeah, about the Starcast sure. stuff. No, no, but you said it is there, right? And I said uh, yes. And so I went and looked. Yes. So yeah, no information on Starcast six. As of uh, as of now, other than we have uh, we have dates, yes, and that's it, right? Okay, and then we'll go up there and we'll get credentialed. We'll have a producer with us as well, I, I guess. I hope. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope, I, <laughs> this would be amazing if this producer actually wanted to go. The fact that it was even when you brought it up at. Uh, uh, at Jay Jr.'s <laughs> memorial, and she actually said, "Yeah, go." Like what? <laughs> we we are going to have her do all of the interviews, right? <laughs> so she goes, "Who's that person?" Yes, she only talks to the attractive wrestlers that, that she's heard of. That's it. Nobody you else. Know what though? <laughs> I mean, we have. I I feel. I feel confident enough in the connections that you and I have that we could get her to do a sit down with MJF. I, I, I don't know that you can do that. I am kind of curious when you see somebody like that and what, you know, as with every year that AEW grows, the status of their talents increases and their notoriety and, you know, just outside of the wrestling space increases how involved some of them are or availability it will be remember what the first star cast it was like the whole roster is available like the yeah. whole weekend but if they're getting paid they're going to do it well i mean yeah, that's like the wrestling way right yeah <laughs> you have a you have a check at a table on there you're right. You're right. Yeah, they're not allergic to money. That's that's the, that, that's that the phrase. Yeah, that's the phrase <laughs> that I like to use when that's it comes really to that. That they're yeah. yeah. None of them are allergic to money. Yeah. And I feel though, I I feel confident that we could that we can arrange an interview with MJF and our producer. That'd be funny. It'd start off with, "Who are you?" Right. <laughs> what do you do? Yes. Nice scarf. Yes. Yeah, uh, we're, I'm excited. Gonna... I yeah, we I gotta. Hopefully, I can make this happen uh, on my end. Uh, I imagine you're gonna be there because you're you're so into the business, like you're considered a talent lo- in, in the area. So not cons- you no, I'm not. You are I'm, completely in no. the. Bi- I've never appeared on a wrestling show. You have many many times. I I don't think I have a. I mean, I have not appeared live on a wrestling show. You've done play-by-play yeah. on a wrestling show that broadcasted live. Does that count? That's in the business. Did you cash a check from a from a wrestling company? I don't know. Any of them? They might have just given me an envelope. That's fine. Did the wrestling company do that? <laughs> I Let me tell you this. Handshake. The guy in the front row didn't get a check or a handshake. <laughs> He's not in the business. <laughs> It's it's really hit and miss when I even get I don't even ask for anything. You I don't can I have walk in the locker room and it's fine. 
I I can, I cannot tell you how much I just don't like walking back there, and because I don't belong your place. at all, <laughs> right? I I just don't belong, and I'm I'm very well aware of that. I, and you, I am if Tony oh. Schiavone. So anyway, yeah, that's Labor podcast, Day weekend, September first, second, and third up in Chicago. But before then, we have All In, which will be taking place in London. Uh, also in London this weekend is Money in the Bank, which we will get to later on in the show. But before we get to that and talk about the WWE and talk a little bit about All In out there in uh, at Wembley Stadium. John, let's go back. Let's talk about Forbidden Door. We just saw it take place this weekend up in Toronto. It was a, a pay-per-view that was in Chicago last year that they moved away from Chicago. Completely shocked by that, that they moved something away from Chicago. Um, uh, but we had it in Toronto, New Japan, AEW. You had a few other talents from around the wrestling world competing in this one-off show that even though it's a one-off, it's still advanced and a lot of stories are continuing from it. Uh, your your overall thoughts, uh, your initial review of what you saw at Forbidden Door. The first time they had Forbidden Door, I hated the idea because of all the things, what you just laid out of the stories. Not Almost like we're going to take a break from what our companies do and we're going to have a show which these have been done in the past and they have worked, but I didn't like the idea. And then I watched this one this year. I didn't watch last year's. I watched this one and it was as good a pro wrestling show as you're going to find for years. It was awesome. Absolutely fantastic. It was extremely well done. Like you said, they did find a way to advance stories, not just with AEW talent, but also with new Japan talent. I loved I loved getting a chance to see some people that I've never seen before, some that I have heard of and never had an opportunity uh, to see in a match, uh, or in some cases, some that you just can't get enough of watching, like Okada and uh, and Will Osprey. But um, you know, seeing Kojima, heard of him and never seen him in a match. I've always loved Tanahashi, even as he gets older, he's still fantastic, and Sonata, who is becoming a huge star in new japan i've never seen him wrestle he's as impressive as anybody i watched on the card outside of the four guys in the main events but i would i could watch i'd love to watch sonata face some tippy top guys in the united states just an impressive impressive looking and impressive in the ring so i absolutely enjoyed it the only complaint i have and we talk about this what after every aew pay-per-view they're too freaking long it just, oh, yeah. you gotta cut the time. It's insane to have a four hour show. There's, and I will say, these were all really good matches and they were all entertaining. And the show itself, even though it was long, was very entertaining. But to ask people to spend three hours and 52 minutes and what a two hour pre show to watch this is, it's, it's too much, way too much on the fans. It's not about quantity, it's just about quality. The uh, yeah, and just going when you get when you have these matches, when you have these guys that you're not completely familiar with, like uh, you you mentioned, you know, some of the names out there. We we know the name, you know, if you're a big wrestling fan, you know the name of Tanahashi, you know who Okada is, you know who uh, some of the other big name guys are on on the card, and you're learning them as as you you know go along with this as well. 
but to read some of the backstories on some of these guys too, like Sonata and just because we're not, you know, we, we talk so much on this show about the current storylines going on in wrestling. We, we talk so much about the bloodline storyline and when you actually do a deep dive, if you aren't a, if you aren't a hardcore wrestling fan that is going to be invested in new Japan year round and maybe you start to read up around it around Wrestle Kingdom and see just how they get to some of the main events or some of the backstories behind some of the main events, like a, a Jay White versus Okada and the battles that they've had. And you kind of read about, you know, the the legendary feud that they've had in their careers. And then you get to something like Sonata, who, who you mentioned, who's in a stable in New Japan with a former WWE superstar, um, um, God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now on the, uh, oh, um, help me out here. We talked, uh, Taka Mishinoku. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You did with, yeah. With, with Taka Mishinoku, the name of the stable, John, it's just five guys. Yeah. Which is fantastic. I love that. Cause it's very versatile. Um, they, they formed John in, in January of this year of 2023. And it was called just four guys. And then they added Sonata and then they changed it to just five guys. Yeah. And what's great is like you can have merch and you can have shirts and then the next shirt just has like a slash through the four and you put yeah. a five next to it. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's just, and then the next one, if they change again, they slash the five and then they put a four back there or a yeah. three or six. It's fun. That's, that's genius. Right. What do you guys want to And to see Man, names out there, to, to see a name out there like Taka Mishinoku and it takes you back to the Attitude Era of Raw when he was there, what, in 97? He I mean, was there they, in 98. Yeah, they made a belt there. for him. I mean, they, they really, I mean, they made the light heavyweight championship for Takabishinoku to come in. It was in. supposed to be their answer to the cruiserweight, and it just yes. never happened because they couldn't get the guys that you needed to make that division because WCW had all of them. Right. And, and then we, you know, we never would have gotten Kai and Tai, and we never would have gotten everything that went along with that. Yeah, and Valvinas. not great. It, oh, mm -hmm. I, I, absolutely. Um, excuse me. The Valvinas segment lives on still to this day, 25 years later. Yeah, which is terrible. But yes. <laughs> that right there, legendary wrestling stuff. If you were to talk about John Bobbitt and Valvinas, Anybody, anybody our age knows exactly what you're talking about. Everybody talks glowingly about the attitude era, but then you just, you forget some of the stuff that got on TV that just isn't on the level of the most amazing era in the history of the business. And that would be one of them, even though it is one of the most unforgettable. I don't, I don't understand why you're, why you're so against this. <laughs> the whole thing was so stupid. It was hilarious. But God, it was dumb. I, I mean the, the 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 phrase "choppy choppy your pee pee." I mean, I can say that on AM radio and get away with it, and it's something that wrestling fans know what it means. God, and if that was done on an independent in 2018, it would have been on a T-shirt. Yeah, that night, Joey Ryan would have just absolutely <laughs> loved a storyline like that before uh, people found out what a creep he was. I watched all in last week. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about Joey Ryan and his druids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a lot on that roster from the original all in that that people just try to forget. 
it's a pretty cool show to go back and watch, but there is some weird stuff. And the the fact that MJF was the first guy to come out is pretty. That's a that's a pretty memorable moment when you look back on it. Yeah, it, it yeah, hundred percent. So uh, uh, back to back to Forbidden Door. Back to back to this. It was, I, I mean, we're we're calling this is a two match show, right? And this is it, well, when you talked about, that, but I came out of it thinking, wow, it was a great show, top to bottom. You look at all of the matches that were on there. You talked about how how long did you say the entire card went? The main it was card like went three fifty. Not there counting was, the pre-show, which I didn't I, watch because I don't have I, that kind of time. I get that you are trying that you have a huge roster of talent and you are trying to showcase everybody. I get it, but there's some cases you didn't. You, there were some of these matches you just didn't need. We one thing you didn't need is you didn't need to have the Owen Hart Cup on here. You could have eliminated those two matches and put them on Dynamite. That would have cut some time. That cuts time. So if you cut, or I guess what there was one of those, just the uh, Punk Kojima, but they had to get Punk on the show. That's so I, that explains why that's on there. I mean, really, you look at it; it's hard personally without taking the women off, and you can't do that. That would be horrible. It's really hard to pull one of these matches off. What you could do is trim some of the time on them. Take put CM Punk but off. You know what? Fine. Does the does the ten man need twenty one minutes? You do, I mean, you don't need CM Punk on the card. There you go. I just saved you. I just saved you fifteen minutes. Yeah, you need CM twenty Punk minutes with court. entrances. No, and this there, match is only no, thirteen minutes. There's and nobody out match. there. There's nobody out there that was buying this card because they were like, "Oh, CM Punk's on it. I need to you, watch this." You didn't bring CM Punk. But I don't know. Maybe people did buy the pay per view because CM Punk was on it. I had no idea. I'm, I'm sorry. The show the was sold out before he before he was back. Right. So you didn't need him. And Kojima needed a match. I mean, remember that too. You have you have two entities that are probably working. Like, hey, I want to get these guys on the card. And if I mean, if Punk is in the company and he's performing, you have to put him on the live on the pay per views. You just have to. There's no point in having him if you're not going to put him on the main. No, on the there's big no, shows. There's no point in having him. There you go. You well, just they have it. him, but they have him. So you're going to put him on the big shows. I, with, when you can go to yeah. the bathroom. Sonata and uh, and Jack Perry being in the match. I mean, uh, yeah, Sonata is uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. So, yeah, he he needs to be on on the card here. That's a good mm-hmm. spot for you to put Jungle Boy to put Jack Perry, who is just in the main event of the last pay per view that you had for the title. So he is a legit contender, and you're allowed in that scenario to make a turn, make the make the heel turn for him there too, which is noteworthy in, in all of this. So I thought that was a good time to, to put that on as well. And this is something we can dive in more once we, we see more of the development of the, uh, of the character. But I, I think, I don't think AEW wanted to make Jack Perry a heel, but you, they wanted to get the jungle boy name off of him. And I don't think you can just do that without him becoming a, a bad guy first. You can't just drop Jungle Boy and go to that. You need to make people dislike him, go to just being Jack Perry, forget he was Jungle Boy, then bring him back and make him a huge face a few months later. Yeah, that's fair. You got to get rid of the whole character and it is really hard unless you send him away. Yeah, I guess it's one of the other one or the other, right? You either turn him and make him a bad guy and change him or you send him away and he comes back different. Yeah. There is no just today I have my hair cut and different music. Right. And I wear pants. Yeah. So those are, yeah, that's the change that needed to be made. And that's a good time to do it in a match that he was never going to win. So 
let, let's get to the final three on the card. You, you Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, the uh, the longest match of the night, almost 40 minutes for, for those two, and, and you knew it was going to go that long with Kenny Omega in it. You had the six-man tag, and then you had Brian Danielson and Okada, first time ever dream match to end the show. You're at this point of the match of the of the card, though. I mean, you're two and a half hours in to the main card, not just, you know, four hours that people have been there and people were tired. Uh, they were getting there, but the Osprey and Omega picked them up. It was the last two that they were dead for Osprey and Omega. I had no idea it was 39 minutes until right now. And I saw that number like, Oh my God, it was really that long. I thought it was maybe 25 to 30. It was awesome. This, this match itself is worth the 50 bucks to buy the pay-per-view. And I'm not just saying that. It's not just, you know, wow, it was a really good match. This is one of the best matches you'll ever see. I don't care if you are a WWE fan and you don't like that kind of style. This match, and this is hard to do, and it doesn't happen very, it really doesn't happen often. It had story because these two have a huge backstory in history. It was, there was violence. It was aggressive. There was very little blood, Joe, but there was blood. Um, there was the high flying stuff, but there was, it was compelling all the way through. And there were moments in there that made you just jump out of your chair, drop jaws dropping. It was, it had, it was an every, everything that you could possibly want in a match. And just the way that they were able to work that crowd, they had that crowd in the palm of their hand from the moment that they walked out and the crowd was with them all the way. And there's one moment in this match that I would put put up above everything else, every move, every little thing, every dangerous spot they did, which is right towards the end when uh, Will Ospreay hits the one-wing angel, Kenny's finisher, on Kenny, goes to pin him, and Kenny not just kicks out, he throws Ospreay back on one. And (laughs) that place went nuts. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those holy crap moments and he got up and was on fire and it was, I mean, it was, it was unexpected. It was perfect and it was awesome. Like there's no such thing as a perfect wrestling match, but this was not too totally far off from, uh, from being at that level. The uh, so you have Will Osprey get the win there. Don Callis in his corner for uh, for that match too, and uh, then you go on to the six man tag: Sting, Darby Allen, and NATO against um, the Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. The um, you know, you get the two New Japan guys in there to this match and. AEW, this is uh, this match was done to build more towards Sting and Chris Jericho. Uh, plain and simple, we are going to get Sting versus Chris Jericho one on one for the first time ever at All Out, uh, or at All In, All in. And, and and Wembley. And John, when you and I sat here and talked about what kind of match, what dream match there could possibly be to help sell tickets for a ninety thousand seat arena, this is not one that we had thought of uh, at the moment. I don't think you and I realized this is a match that had never happened before. Yeah, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, it couldn't have happened because Sting was on top working with the NWO and Jericho was buried in the cruiserweight division. And with the exception of getting to the point where he pissed off Goldberg so much and got it 
that whole story over that he got to work with him at all. So yeah, him and Sting were never ever cross paths. And when those two were in the ring for that moment, uh, for the very limited amount of time, and I am glad that I didn't want them to touch at all if they're going to have that match, but they did at least do it very, very minimal. Uh, that place came unglued again. I mean, there wasn't a lot of crowd left, a lot of energy left, but they popped up here and there. And that was one of those moments where they, uh, where they came alive. And in that match too, you had the stories of NATO and, and uh, Jericho going back to when Jericho first went to new Japan and beat NATO. Uh, and you've been around Minoru Suzuki, right? Or at least, I mean, he's, he did, he did a shot with glory pro. He's done two shows, uh, at least two shows for glory pro. Yeah. I had no idea the personality that he had. What he's, he looked like he's having fun with this whole thing and the doing the goofy spot with Jericho and Sammy. That was hilarious. And it was yeah. funny because you would never expect him to do that. He's done it now a couple of times. It was really he, uh, yeah, he, the past two years for him, uh, uh, coming over and doing all the matches he's had in the States and going around, I, my guess is that he has made some pretty good money doing a lot of these, these hits around the United States and then doing some of the new Japan shows in the United States. So I think he's at a point in his career probably similar to a Jericho where he could just have a lot of fun and that that's all he's doing. He's going out there and he's being an entertainer right now and putting on some really fun matches against people that, you know, he probably has never faced in his life and is making dream matches for wrestlers and giving back to giving back to wrestling. Yeah, play the hits and have fun. He's yeah. earned it. Yeah, so I don't, I, I do not know. As of right now, I know that he has done two two shows with Glory Pro. I don't know what the plans are for the future with him, uh, for anything in Glory Pro. But I, I could tell you right now, I imagine they would love to have him back. I haven't heard of one negative thing about him in that locker room or them trying to work with him and book him for anything. I know it's just been absolutely pleasurable for the uh, for Corey and the folks there at Glory Pro. Just any any dealings they've had with uh, Minoru Suzuki main event time, Brian Danielson and Okada. It was the first time ever for uh, this match almost went a half an hour and Brian Danielson wrestled 10 minutes of it with a broken arm that uh, first they just, you know, they kind of played it off afterwards, but then Bree tweeted out a picture of the x-ray and oh my God. I mean, this thing was uh, the, the pain he must've just been going through in this match and the adrenaline that it took to get him through it. I watched this match after knowing he broke his arm. So I watched it a little bit differently trying to figure out. So I couldn't completely figure because he, he did a very good job of hiding it until he couldn't. And when he couldn't, there were some times when you when he needed to use that arm and you could just see in his face and how he was moving it. Like, I really don't want to do this. I know it's going to hurt like hell, but here goes. <laughs> <laughs> like there was a hesitation anytime he had, like he tried not to use that. And you could figure it out when he did the yes, which he doesn't do. And I didn't, I, that blew me away that I saw him do that in an AEW ring. I didn't think I was, I, and maybe I've missed it before when he's done it. I didn't expect to see him do that like he did when he was in WWE. It was the exact same way, time, how many times, all that stuff. Uh, but when he did that with just his left arm, I was like, oh, he is in big trouble. <laughs> I mean, he was, so, it was so bad he couldn't lift it to put his finger up in the air. It was awful. Uh, God bless him for finding a way to get through it. And I mean, to wrestle a 27 minute match with Okada 
and to battle through for fans. I mean, if they would have, if, if he had, if they had to cut the, cut it short and improvise and maybe they did, I don't know. 27 minutes. Maybe they were supposed to go. They they had like 10 more minutes left in their window. So it may have been cut short by five or six minutes. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen or, or know if it was or not. I mean, 28 minutes though. I mean, that's a, that's a long match to, uh, to go anyway. That is, I agree, but it is these two guys. And I, the one thing I did feel bad for him is we talked about the crowd. Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega just exhausted that crowd and they had to be in the back. Like, good God. I know we're two of the best in the business ever, but we got to follow that. Like no one was following that. There's no one in professional wrestling who could have followed that match and had the crowd electric they were just exhausted 39 minutes of standing for half of it at least and on the edge of your seat just the emotion going through the match that's really that's why they have get let me up matches they really almost needed to spread these out even more than they were so there you go that's uh was forbidden door it's the second uh second edition of the forbidden door show new japan and uh, all elite wrestling working together and this time going in toronto i wonder if this is one they kind of take more international next uh next time is this one thing is this something they do in japan yeah i think that they should do that absolutely I thought about that after the show. Like, okay, we've done one in Canada. We've done one here. Let's go there and go yeah. put it in the Tokyo Dome. And that would be I, that would be a phenomenal atmosphere, I think, for AEW. And that would be a huge, huge win for AEW if they could put on a show in the to- Tokyo Dome like this with New Japan. Yeah, I mean, God, look at this card. This card right here on, on Sunday, that sells out the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. With, with, no, with no problem absolutely no problem. There's no reason that they can't do something similar in the future. There's so much talent in both of these companies that can put on mega shows. Yeah. The, uh, the first non WWE pay-per-view held in Toronto in 23 years. Wow. Why? Which, why? That's that, that is surprising to me that TNA never did anything there. Why is WWE not going back? There's gotta be a reason. No, first non WWE pay-per-view. Oh, first non WWE. I see. Oh, yes, my yes, 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 yes. Okay. First non WWE pay-per-view, which I am surprised that TNA, Never went there. I don't know. I don't know enough about TNA and Impact. They, T, I mean, Scott Demore is one of the people that runs TMA or TNA. What? If, well, I don't. Financially, there was no, there was a reason financially not to go there. Were they place. owned I mean, by they a Canadian? They were owned by Canadian company. But maybe nobody in Canada watched. I mean, Scott Demore from there. Maybe nothing but WWE does well in Canada. And AEW can't sell tickets, can't sell tickets except for this show. Maybe that's it. I mean, that's that's how it is in markets now, anyway, right? There are WWE markets, just like there were WCW markets. Yeah, and there's AEW markets. They're still owned by Canada. Doesn't mean Canada cares. That's I, I Maybe don't. They know. don't that, care. That's surprising to me. Unless they don't, unless they, unless they have TV issues up there, just because they're owned by a Canadian company doesn't mean they have good TV either. Mm-hmm. You still sell tickets and you put it on in the states, but you gotta have, you gotta have tick, you gotta have TV, or you can't sell pay per views, can't sell tickets. 
We will go international after we take a break again. Uh, it's been a whole lot of international for uh, for wrestling here these uh, this summer. As I, I don't know if it's something just post COVID, they're all getting back to it. But look at I mean, you have Toronto, you have London, you have London, you have Saudi, you have Puerto Rico, which I guess isn't technically international, non non uh, continental U.S. Let's uh, let's say for all of these pay per views mm-hmm. that we have seen here as of late, and that continues this weekend with WWE's Money in the Bank. We will preview that entire card when we come back. This is Pro Wrestling Talk STL here on 590 The Fan KFNS and 590 thefancom dot com. <laughs> 